Meeting Real Life is sponsored by Omega Forge. If you can imagine it, they can build it. Omega Forge custom builds props, artwork, or just about anything you can imagine. They work with laser cutting, 3D printing, and a wide range of materials by hand. Mention this podcast to get 10% off your custom creation. To see amazing creations or to order your own, visit omegaforge.com. That's omegaforge.com. A few years ago, my wife and I were on a getaway in Chicago for our anniversary. We got engaged there, so we wanted to go back and celebrate. For Sunday Church, we decided to visit Willow Creek Community Church. It was about a 30-minute drive from downtown where we were staying. I remember how surreal it was to pull into such a massive complex. That's saying a lot since I grew up in a mega church around a few thousand people. The foyer had escalators, the people were friendly, the coffee was good. They were in the middle of a sermon series examining the history of the church from the 70s up through present day. The week that we were there happened to be the 2000s. So after worship, the band played a montage of Outkast, Taylor Swift, and Bruno Mars to set up the theme. Then, Pastor Bill Hybels took the stage to talk about all the things Willow Creek had done in recent years. That experience is sticking in my head. Just because the events of the last year and now the last few weeks have left the evangelical world spinning. Stephen, I started in a way that none of us could have ever imagined. This was lead pastor Heather Larson of Willow Creek. In recent days and weeks, it's become clear to me that this church needs a fresh start. The staff, the staff that I dearly love. They also need a clear running lane to heal, to build, and to dream. As hard as I have tried, I simply have not been able to get the momentum that we need to address the issues that need to be addressed and to bring about the fresh start. I have spent a lot of time seeking God and asking Him for guidance. He's given me clarity and peace. I am stepping down from my role as lead pastor. To understand this moment, you have to go back a little ways. As early as 2014, women began coming forward to board members of Willow Creek with allegations of sexual misconduct against Bill Hybels, the founding pastor of Willow Creek. They shared a lot of similarities, these accusations. Flirtatious remarks about their appearance, private invitations to his hotel room, unwanted touching and long hugs, attempts to kiss them. The board took the accusations to Hybels, who vehemently denied them. The board's investigation came up short, according to some, so they hired an outside firm. However, it wasn't impartial enough to some former board members holding the accusations, members who resigned because of the way things were being handled. In March of 2018, the Chicago Tribune blew the whole thing wide open with a long investigative piece. They interviewed some of the women, some former board members unsatisfied with the investigation, and even Hybels himself. Finally, the elder board presented this whole thing to the congregation. In the midst of this piece from the Tribune that had just come out and everyone talking, they stood on the stage at Willow Creek, along with Hybels and the new pastors, Heather Larson and Steve Carter. They presented their findings and their storyline, exonerating and defending Bill. Still, in April, Bill Hybels retired six months ahead of his retirement plan, turning the church over to lead pastor Heather Larson and teaching pastor Steve Carter. The leaders of both our church and the WCA 
need the freedom to get on with the task of carrying out the important missions that God has given to them. Therefore, I have decided to accelerate my planned retirement date from October of this year to tonight. Now, this decision, so that you know, this decision was mine and mine alone after a lot of prayer. And eventually, the decision received the unanimous support of the elders and the executive team. Things for a while seemed confusing but quiet. Then on Sunday, August 5th, the New York Times broke a story that dealt the final blow. Pat Baranowski revealed that Hybels had groped her repeatedly, even leading to one occasion of oral sex. Teaching pastor Steve Carter never showed up to preach that morning. Instead, he resigned via an announcement posted to his blog. Steve wrote, Since the first woman came forward with their stories, I have been gravely concerned about our church's official response and its ongoing approach to these painful issues. After many frank conversations with our elders, it became clear that there is a fundamental difference in judgment between what I believe is necessary for Willow Creek to move in a positive direction and what they think is best. Carter said that he had privately resigned weeks earlier, but the board had asked him to delay the announcement until they could reach consensus on how to take it public. He thanked his congregation and stated his heartache, saying, Nothing would have given me more joy than to pastor this church for many years to come. So this brings us to the clip at the beginning of Heather Larson's resignation. Elder Missy Rasmussen also had an announcement. We can now see this investigation was flawed. We as a board know Willow needs and deserves a fresh start. And the entire board will step down to create room for a new board. For me, this hurts in a hugely familiar way. First, just to be clear, I don't hate the church. I don't hate Christianity. I don't hate Willow Creek. Willow Creek is part of my spiritual family as a follower of Jesus. We worship the same God. We're led by the same spirit. We're disciples of the same scripture, participants of the same kingdom that Jesus announced while he was here on earth. And he's still building today in the midst of the worst of church scandals. But you know, in my short ministry career, I've seen a lot. Men and women who have done wrong, real wrong, violated scripture, violated their marriage. They've hurt themselves, hurt spouses, families, broken trust with people. At the same time, I also have grace for those people. I have to. Why do I have to? Because Jesus gives the rocks to us, puts it in our hand and says, whoever is without sin, you cast the first stone. We're all with sin. We're all broken. We all hurt. We all bend a certain way. Also, to some extent, these ministers, they get handed a bad script. They inherit a broken system. In some cases, they have built that broken system for themselves. I believe that scripture has high standards for leaders. It's very clear. 1 Timothy chapter 3 says it's true that anyone who desires to be a church official wants to be something worthwhile. And that's why officials must have a good reputation, be faithful in marriage, self-controlled, sensible, well-behaved, friendly to strangers, able to teach, can't be heavy drinkers or troublemakers. 
They have to be kind and gentle, not love money. So the high standards and leaders in scripture is very clear. But there's another set of standards that a lot of pastors get held to. Not a moral or ethical standard, but a performance standard. An entirely different metric. Perhaps an unbiblical metric. Currently, the evangelical church model pressures a pastor to perform. You gotta preach awesome messages, have awesome events, tweet awesome nuggets of wisdom all the time, build awesome buildings, bring in awesome numbers, make huge impacts, do all of these things. And this desire, it might have been good-hearted at the onset, you know, a desire to fulfill the Great Commission of Jesus in a big way. But somewhere along the line, the humanity gets lost in it all. In other words, pastors become the shining example of success stories. You know, we think of famous pastors like Bill Hybels much in a CEO sense, you know, like Bill Gates or Elon Musk. They're venerated in this sort of corporate way. But broken people don't get unbroken when they become famous. And as we're seeing, it all comes out in the end. So why tell the story of Willow Creek? Why talk about it? I think that the American church is in a really bad way right now when it comes to this sort of weakness. Structurally, politically, in faithfulness to the kingdom of heaven, in obeying the commandments of Jesus to love God and love others, we're distracted by this corporate metrics, this performance standard. You know, I threw this whole Bill Hybels thing out there to some pastor groups I'm a part of, and I'm sad to say I was horrified by some of the responses. Some said that they believed the board and Bill Hybels and not the woman, despite these women fulfilling the biblical command that accusations against leaders must be accepted if there are two or more witnesses. That's in 1 Timothy 5.19, by the way. Others said, yeah, there's dysfunction, this is wrong, this is sad, but to say there's a bigger issue or that we should re-examine our structures, no, that's painting with a broad brush. In other words, keep looking. No need to change my church. And yet, pastors everywhere keep failing in this way. Affairs, embezzlement, sexual abuse. In smaller churches, larger churches, famous or not. I believe that we have to recognize the patterns happening in churches everywhere. You know, it kind of reminds me of the show How I Met Your Mother. In one episode, Robin is talking about how she handled her recent breakup really amicably until her friend Lily asks, where's the poop, Robin? When asked to explain, Lily says that when she was young, she had this dog that would make this certain face when it pooped in the house. And then when you saw that face, you knew that that dog pooped somewhere. So the question was, where's the poop? So when I see this shiny evangelical exterior on some churches, or when pastors insist that these sort of things don't go on in their church, can't happen in their church, but kind of put on this image when it's about the image, I can't help but ask, where's the poop? What's going on underneath? Because power dynamics have snuck into the church in a really terrible way. If you can't tell a pastor no, there is a problem. And I say these things not to be critical or not to point the finger and not to just say like the church sucks 
Because I know so many people. I know them personally. They're my friends. They're my family. They see this stuff and they just cannot reconcile it with the God they've experienced up to that point. And what do they do? They walk away. And that breaks my heart. Because I know that this junk doesn't look anything like the Jesus that I know. And when I have experienced this type of stuff, the only thing that has kept me from walking away from faith, walking away from the church, walking away from a call to ministry, is remembering and and seeing that there is a God who is loving, benevolent, and bigger and greater than these broken systems in front of me. That even if this entire church system fell apart, every door on the church closed, there would still be an eternal, powerful, all-knowing, benevolent, loving God. And so in the midst of all of this stuff, beneath this massive issue that's such a heavy burden to me, I have hope. I have hope in the promise of Jesus that he will build his church on a rock. That rock being the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. I believe and I have hope that the Spirit of God moves in these broken situations, in broken churches. He's helping people find Jesus, revealing God through broken people, through broken systems, broken bureaucracies. In the most oppressive and messed up situations, a good, loving, powerful God can still show up. There's hope that reformation happened in the church before and it can happen again. I have hope that if God does exist, like I believe he does, and he is who he says he is and the way I have encountered him up till now, he will sovereignly lead his people. There is hope when Jesus talks about separating wheat from the chaff, the sheep from the goats, the the crops from the weeds. In other words, the people who are really in this will eventually become clear. There's hope that grace is just as much for me as it is for Bill Hybels. A man who must be enduring hell on earth that is his decisions that he made. Facing up to 40 plus years of ministry he's built facing up to his kids, facing up to his wife. In the depths of that agonizing darkness that he created, I pray that Jesus meets him there. I believe he will. Finally, there is hope that if we have the courage to stare the poop in the face, ask God and ourselves the tough questions, and choose to have just the smallest amount of faith, I believe God will continue to build his church, burn off the things that would harm it, and present us to himself one day, like a bride walking down the aisle. I still believe that. And if you're a Christian, I hope you do too. Meeting Real Life is produced by yours truly, Daniel Crawford. Original music is also by me. 
If you could take a moment and follow us on social media, facebook.com slash meeting real life, Twitter and Instagram. We are at MRL podcast. Um, check out our website too. We've got a blog going. It's really great. Meetingreallife.com. If you can take a second to subscribe to this podcast, go leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. Special thanks to our brand new sponsor, Omega Forge. We're really looking forward to helping share their awesome stuff with you and partner with them and telling stories about faith, life, and culture. And now, as a nice little treat at the end, here is a trailer for episode three. Next time on Meeting Real Life. What we believe about God, ourselves, and the Bible always has consequences, big or small. But what if we get it wrong? What kind of consequences does that create? You know, women shouldn't teach men. Women should be silent in church. That's their go-to, and that's that's where they they stand and they land. And and you can tell them all day about context, about exegesis. You can talk all day about the whole of scripture. They don't care. How one woman experienced the fallout between a doctrine that said she couldn't preach and a wealth of biblical accounts of women who did. That's next time on Meeting Real Life.